the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Amazing Promises of God, next on this edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. From Philippians chapter 4, as well as other portions of the book of Philippians, we come away with four great promises of God. Now, over the past couple of studies here on Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard has taken us to the peace of God and peace with God that we've been promised, the power of God, the provision of God, and today we finish off with the purpose of God. Won't you join us? A very encouraging time directly ahead. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, let's join our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Phil Howard, with this edition of Truth For Today. You can't get God's grace any other way. Go through Moses, you won't ever get grace. Go through the Old Testament, you won't get his grace. You, it's, the bank is located in his son. You must come through Christ. He is the central meeting point of every bank account of heaven that dispenses grace and mercy. It's all located in Christ. You've got to come to Christ. And he said to you believers, let me say, he did not make this promise to a tight-what believer. He didn't make this promise to those who hadn't shared. A lot of times I hear Christians quote Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. And they just leave that. To who? To those who love the Lord. And he goes on and he said, They were foreknown, predestined, called, justified, shall be glorified. It's to a certain kind of believer he makes the promise. It's not just blanket. And this great promise here, I must say to you, God makes a promise to all those who are partnering in underwriting the work of God however that may be. He promises to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And of course, we love to make the distinction. There's a big difference in supplying your need out of my riches, which is I can give you a $10 bill out of my riches, but it's not according to my riches. If I bless you according to my riches, that is an abundance. Who knows? And so God says, I want to bless you according to the riches I possess. Listen to these promises. You want peace instead of worry? Do what I tell you in Philippians 4, 6. Do you want the power that brings satisfaction and contentment? Let Christ infuse his strength in you. Do you want a guarantee that your needs will be met? Share while you have your resources. Share them with the work of God. Share them with the people of God. And God will make up the difference. For he who lends to a poor man, Proverbs says, the Lord will repay. And believe me, friend, he has no outstanding debts. God pays in full. I believe that about money. That's what made, I'm not a giver. 
just because I like to give money away. I'm counting on God more than anybody else to prosper me. If he doesn't prosper you, do all the tricks you want to do in the market. I don't think you'll prosper. God can take it in a day. I'd rather have the blessing of God on a little than to have the curse of God on much. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I'd rather have saved family than I would a big account that says I'm wealthy at a bank. Wouldn't you want the riches that only God can give? Well, final promise. It's the front door of the epistle, but I just have to throw it in. Verse 3, 1, 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. Boy, don't you wish you could say that about everyone? Do you have some folks there that you said, I get indigestion when I think of you? Or I have nightmares. Uh, I mean, this, this is a marvelous compliment. Uh, I have some people that, not many, and I've forgiven them, but I still need Rolaids. Uh, but he thanks God. He had such a wonderful experience with these believers. Sending these love gifts, seeing them saved. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. I was gripped by that. Do you pray with joy? And he said, I always pray with joy. I thought that was just, that just jumped off the page to me. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I can't get over Jesus in all these. In 4, 6, You'll have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus, 4-7. I'll infuse my strength, which is Lord Jesus, and 4-13. I'll give you the riches according through Jesus. And here, I know God has a definite purpose to fulfill in your life to you that are in Christ Jesus. Listen to this final thing. To live with purpose. And to have a divine purpose to your existence in life. And here's the thing that I think is marvelous. To have a confident assurance that no matter where I am or what I'm going through, he who authored my faith will complete it. I am confident that he who began the good work in you Philippians, he will complete it. Until the day, that is until the day you see Jesus Christ. He will carry it through. Have you ever strayed from God as a Christian? Have you ever been backslidden? Have you ever lost your first love? Have you ever drawn cold? Have you ever fallen into sin? Have you ever thought uh, it was over? I grew up uh, in groups that if you backslid... Uh, we were told that when Jesus came, we'd be lost. And I had some terrifying months as a backslidden young person. It was terrifying because I'm lost again. And I just assumed that once I had another revival at the church, maybe I'd get right, maybe I wouldn't. I finally decided I couldn't live like a Christian, so I guess I'd just go to hell. No need of lying about it, I just couldn't live it. I couldn't live this way. And so I washed out. And I never saw Philippians 1.6. I never knew these verses where God might keep you more than a month. I don't know about you. It's a torturous thing 
to think that you could be saved and eventually lost. It's torturous. I know I lived under such theology. And some of you are living under it. To live under Rome where you never know that you are acquitted and you're dependent on the sacraments and dependent on the priest and dependent on the confessional and dependent on uh, purgatory and penance and a whole work system and Protestantism is just as bad with its many things. Just live a good life and you'll go there. Nobody's lived good enough life to go to heaven. Nobody. And so all your nice Sermon on the Mount ethics is a joke because nobody keeps the Sermon on the Mount. Just one. And he's the one that preached it. But to hear him say to a poor fallen sinner, a Philippian jailer, or to a seller of purple, Lydia, to say, I want to tell you this. The God who began to save people there at Philippi, and the God who began with you, and the God who convicted you, and the God who brought you to himself, I am confident that this God who began the work in you, let me say this, I am confident he shall complete it until you see him face to face. You can count on that. He gives his pledge. Well, good. Let's go out and sin. That means I can get drunk tonight. Go ahead if you want to. Go ahead, get drunk. Double it. Drink all you can. If it satisfies you, you're a hog and not a sheep. There's no rules that keep you. Had a discussion here the other day. My granddaughter, what are the rules going to be? I said, really no rules here. You just got to get along with me. Thanks, she wanted rules. I said, Erica, there's no rules. You just can't keep your grandma awake at night. You just can't. You just got to get along with me. This is a pastor's home. I don't want you to do anything here. They bring disgrace. But there's no rules. She said, why? I said, no rules has kept me from committing adultery against your grandma. No rules have ever been able to keep me. It's been love for Jesus Christ and love for your mother. And if you love us as your grandparents and if you love this God, we're going to have a great time. I am confident that he that has begun a good work in you shall complete it. I just tell you briefly, when I landed in town, I had just sent in my ordination papers from the denomination I grew up in and loved. I didn't leave because I didn't like the people. I left because they wouldn't let me preach the security of the believer, the election, a lot of other stuff. And I said, I'd rather preach the Bible than to be ordained with you. So I gave up my papers. And so when I landed in town, we had a, had a pregnant wife, two-year-old daughter, a dying dad that I thought would support me, but he had cancer, and he would die within eight months. There was nothing. And as I laid there in First Street in Rodale, and the baby was kicking, and the rain was coming down, and Carol and I would talk, what kind of mess have we got into? Moving up here from a seminary in Fresno, what in the world are we at this dingy, booze-smelling, dingy old dance hall? It's down on the backside of Pinole. I'm a Richmond boy. I'm not Pinole. I'm not Portuguese. I'm not Italian. I'm thoroughbred redneck stock. You know, what am I doing over here? And some preachers drove by, and they got back to me. He says, 
look at what these grace doctrines has got him into a dance hall on the backside of town and 20 young people he could have been a golden boy this morning the first thing at six this morning I heard this whisper in my ears my dear wife said 36 years ago remember we drove in town over an overcast day just knowing mom and dad and Hazel Virginia would be there there'd be at least six of us a dying dad and a bunch of women only God could have built a church out of that and he did but we would hold hands and say if this is the end of it if it fails at least we will say we were trying to follow him but I thought of what Annie Johnson Flint a young girl wrote she came down with arthritis when she was about nine by the time she was 14 she was invalid from the arthritis God gave her another 40 years she wanted to write music but she only wrote these things he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater he sendeth more strength when the labors increase to added affliction he addeth his mercy to multiply trials his multiplied peace his love has no limit his grace has no measure his power has no boundary known unto men for out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again when we have exhausted our store of endurance when our strength has failed ere the day is half done when we reach the end of our hoarded resources our father's full giving is only begun his love has no limit his grace has no measure his power has no boundary known unto men for out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again I don't know where God found you when he saved you and I don't know how windy the path has been for you but God I am confident can finish what he's begun in you even if he has to take you to the bottom of the Mediterranean you as Rich used to tell me you cause your guardian angel to have a hernia at times no matter how much power it takes God completes he's an author and a finisher and he ordained a set of good works for every believer in Ephesians 2.10 before he ever made the Milky Way before he ever created the earth before there was ever Genesis 1.1 he had already loved a certain group of people and worked out a plan among the Trinity they will be saved to do this set of good works and I am confident that he that begins the work he is able to complete it even in you and I he must only he can I close with uh, uh, they're not in the text they're just favorite stories because I heard them personally told it three or four times in 36 years so you won't mind me repeating would you come on give me a break Carolyn does that. We'll go preach somewhere. She said, well, I've heard that before. And I said, good night, honey. Been with me 44 years. I hope you've heard it before. I'm not getting new revelations. Um, I love this. He can complete. I went to a pastor's conference years ago. 
And I went there to hear E.V. Hill, African-American pastor that was pastoring in Watts, St. John Missionary Baptist Church. Grew up in Sweet Home, Texas, and he gave his testimony to his pastors. And he was preaching this subject, how to get in and get out of a slump. That was his message. How to get in and how to get out of a slump. And he was telling about all the woes he'd faced in pastoring. How the Black Panthers tried to kill him and his wife every morning. He noticed in the morning he'd get up and his wife was gone. And finally, uh, and he told this at her funeral. One day, he said, honey, why are you up so early? She said, well, ever since they threatened your life, I thought if I could at least drive the car first of all in the morning, we'd at least know there wasn't a car bomb. And he said, uh, he's telling us preachers how I get in and get out of a slump. And he finally said, let me tell you about my life. I grew up in Sweet Home, Texas, down by Houston. A black community developed after the Civil War. My dad died young. A single mother's raising me. We just picked cotton. He said, you knew a black man's car. This is his testimony because you could hear it so far away. We were so poor. All we could do is pick cotton. And we were told the maximum education you can have, especially him being the only child and a boy, you can only go to school to the 10th grade. Then you've got to support your mother. He said, many a times the deacons threw off food at their house to keep them going. But he said, I got to argue with the Lord. The Lord touched him at a young age, about seventh grade, that he wanted him to preach. And he would argue as a young boy, no, no, I want an education. I don't want to be a dumb, cotton-picking preacher. That's what he said. I'm tired of the poverty that we live in. I want an education, which was impossible. And the deacons helped mama raise him, to oversee him. And so he made a deal with the Lord. You let me get out of high school. You let me go to the 12th grade and I'll preach for you. Look how God works with the man. So, got 10th grade. They worked it out where he could go to school, 11th and 12th grade. He said when he graduated, he was a top student in his class, had top honors, and he was the only one in his class. No other boy got a chance to go to school in Sweet Home. Then he said, he's just saying to the Lord, all right, I want to be a lawyer. I, I want to go to, I think he wanted to go to Morehouse. He said, I, you got to let me go to college and uh, start negotiating again. And that was impossible. There was just no money. But he kept on. Well, he finally wrote to the school that was located in Houston. And I believe Morehouse is Atlanta, but there's a school down there. And started this writing process. Now you can't know this boy's wearing bib overalls all the time. He, he gave this testimony as a pastor, wearing bib overalls. He did it at many a pastor conference. So I've never forgot where I came from. He said, I'll never forget that day my mama gave me a $20 bill and put me on a trailway bus that came down a country road by Sweet Home. And uh, I had no letter of acceptance. I just said, I'm going to go to school. And I went down towards Houston. I went to this school. I got in line and it said registration $25. Mail, you know, certificate, cash, check. 
And he said, here on the way, he spent about three bucks on a hamburger and a milkshake. He said, I had about $17. I couldn't even pay the registration. He said, I just kept moving through the lines and I want to stay here. And the devil started talking to him. He said, you're going to look like a fool when you get up there and say you get $17. And you, want, you think you're going to go to school. He said, I got up there. And uh, the gal said, yes, your name? Ed Hill, Edward Victor Hill. Look and everything. She said, uh, by the way, she said, did you get our letter? And he said, no, what letter are you talking about? She said, uh, we sent your letter. He said, well, I didn't get anything. He said, about that time he felt a hand on his shoulder. And he turned around. And there was the school president. He said, who are you? Are you, are you Ed Hill? Yeah. Are you Edward Victor Hill? Yeah. Why haven't we heard from you? Hey, what, sir? I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, the college board has granted you a four-year education, free. Your tuition's paid. Your room and board's paid. We're going to give you a stipend every month. said, we wanted to have you here. We've been looking for you for weeks. Where you been? He said, all he could remember is his mama put him on that bus and slipped that $20 bill. She said, Edward, I will be praying that the Lord will make a way for you. And he said to us preachers friend when I get discouraged and when the devil tells me I can't make it and I can't go any further he said I go back to sweet home he said I buy a ticket I live in LA but I get myself a ticket I fly into Houston I rent a car and I drive out to sweet home because he said I can pray and cry at sweet home and I say Lord if you can take a young African-American and bib overalls and a single mama and no money and put him through college and give him an education, all expenses paid, said, surely you can get me through this latest trial because you're going to complete what you began in me. I am confident. By the way, my, one of my Bibles at home, I've got it signed by none other than J. Vernon McGee. His life's verse was Philippians 1.6. I asked him, why Philippians 1, 6? Oh, easy, son. I heard Lewis Chafer preaching, 1929, 1930s. And I said, I want to go to Dallas Seminary. I was a student at Columbia University. And the day I graduated, I was the saddest boy in the graduating class. And I said, how's that? He said, my daddy was killed in a cotton gin accident. And my mom raised me. And I worked at the bank. And I went to Columbia but I had a burning desire to sit under this Lewis Chafer guy and learn the doctrines of grace. But he said, I knew I'd have to go back. We had no money. The depression's on. But at my graduation, three of my Presbyterian Sunday school teachers, two ladies and a man, showed up to see young Vernon graduate. And said, afterwards, Mama said, they're going to come over to the house, Vernon. We're going to have a little cake and ice cream to celebrate you getting your bachelor's. So we went over there and he said, one of the, the gentlemen out of the three teachers said, Vernon, if you don't mind, we'd like to just read a verse to you. And they read Philippians 1, 6. We are confident that the God who began to work and use a little boy in a Presbyterian Sunday school, we think he's going to finish the work. And he said, and us teachers went together, Vernon, thought we'd like to just give you a little graduation gift. Now, this is 1930, 1931. He said, friend, there was five $100 bills there. And in a depression, 
it looked like $50,000. I started school that September at Dallas. I graduated with honors, and the rest is history. You never know where God begins with a person. But the God that stoops to begin with is in our humble estate. Paul said, I'm confident. I'm confident. He will complete whatever he has begun in you personally. Cling to it. And when the going gets rough, to say, Lord, I never would have gotten saved to start with. It was your idea. You tracked me down. You revealed yourself. Complete what you've begun. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 